Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Into hell's mouth we march.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 205 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. How's it going, Gordon? If that is your real name. <laughs> that is my real name. Yes, Gordon. The whole thing. You know, my friends call me Gord. I kind so of forgot because I haven't happened? seen or spoken to you very much lately. You're kind of a busy guy. Yeah, I've been busy and I've been taking walks. It seems like I walk at a different time than you're out walking and talking. And as a result, I've seen some weird stuff, Steve. I went and took <laughs> took a walk the other day and I was just doing my thing and I passed by this, this yard in my neighborhood, which is just really kind of a mess. And I was noticing what a what a terrible, disgusting mess this yard was. And it was like overgrown with dandelions and stuff and there was this real half-assed fence maybe it's a fence in front of the yard and i was just kind of looking at it and as i come around there's all these bushes and stuff and as i i come around at the the point where i can see more of the yard i see there's this guy and he's holding like like got his arms around the torso of this easily like 50 pound dog and he's talking to this brown dog like oh you can't go out there fluffy and and I'm like, okay, that you know, whatever. Dog must have got out of the house. What? It's a goat. Really? It's a goat. Yeah. The guy's the guy's got a goat. Now maybe he got the goat to you know clean up the yard. I don't know. Oh well, yeah. I guess people do that these days. Sure. Far be it for me. Nature's to, lawnmower. Yeah. I mean, zero zero petroleum used. I'm assuming I've never mowed a lawn with a goat before. They Weird like them stuff. here in Seattle because they'll eat the blackberries. Well, everyone eats blackberries. They're delicious. No, the actual spiky vines, oh. which bedevil everyone's yard here. That just I, seems I, you know, neat. That story went way differently than I thought it was. I thought you were going to like <laughs> walking through the tall grass. And I see this guy, and all I can see is the top of his head and his butt wiggling like a cat as he looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> like he's gonna pounce. I, I don't know. I just pictured something completely different about this story. No, this isn't Grenada. This guy was not having you know sexual relations with the goat, Steve. <laughs> but wiggling shot. like a cat. A What's wrong with you, Grenada? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, like they're gonna do anything about it? Come on. <laughs> don't want to pick on Montague. Hey, are we going to do a show or what? Hey, is, that, so, is that music uh, I hear? <laughs> or am I having a stroke? <laughs> I'm sure that our band this week will love that intro. Sure. So joining They're us. goat friendly. Joining us this episode is my favorite band from Indianapolis, Demiricus. Their own special blend of death metal. Uh, we opened this show with a tune called Unconditional Hate. And uh, there's going to be a lot more music from them. Throughout the show, as well as an interview with Scott Wilson, guitarist and founder of the band. So, lots to look forward to. Nice. But before that, Gord. Steve. Why don't we do what we always do about this time? What pisses you off, man? Steve. Gord. I did not see Southern culture on the skids. You promised Despite, them. So, I, you, no. you may be a piece of shit. I'm not uh, sure. Well, I am sure. I, I mean, they feel did like you offer. You told Rick and Mary. You specifically said, "You know, I'll be there." In I Sacramento. will be there. I said, "I am going to be there." You can set your watch by it. Yeah. No, I bought tickets. I didn't. I didn't get on the guest list. I know they could have got me on the guest list. I didn't. I bought tickets 
to support this band. Way to support a band, man. That's Thanks. What we, what we do here is support independent music. Bought a pair of tickets. And my plan, and I was going to go with my friends who will remain unnamed, who also bought tickets. And they even had a VIP booth. So we were going to do this right. And minutes, minutes before I was going to leave, I get a text from my friend. Hey, my kid's got the COVID. Like his grown-up adult kid. I'm like, oh, well, that's too bad. Like, but I got, I got my, you know, I'm, I'm negative, and my wife's negative. So Wait, we're they're still. Grow, they're grown-up adult kid. Do they live with the kid still? Or does he have like? Yeah, yeah, home? he's in the house. Oh, no, he's okay. in the house, and he's going to going to college. Got it. Uh, nearby, so it's one of those. It's all cool, but kids, kids got it. He's he's sick, but he's not sick in all caps. But they're fine. They're testing negative. I'm like, oh. So I told my lovely wife, I'm like, hey, this is the situation. And this is after there's already been other people that that were going to be there that are now like bowing out because they all came down with COVID. So I tell my wife and like she doesn't even breathe. She doesn't even bother to blink. She's just like, I'm out like that fast. Like, I'm out. I'm like, oh, God damn it. So and it was one of those things where I realized I could go, but I would be using all my husband points She's like, no, no, it's fine, you know, you go. But when you come back, I need you to take off all your clothes before you get into the house, put them immediately in the <laughs> washer, put it on half, then go to the shower, take a hot shower, scrub your everything like there's no way. Put your teeth on the windowsill. Put my teeth up on the windowsill. So I bowed out. So I did not see them. Now, I, as you know, I don't drink, and I realize that, that the bands and the venues make a good chunk of their money by selling drinks so I donated my tickets to a guy I know who's going who does drink I, I so they did come out ahead I donated my tickets to some heavy drinkers so that's what I did I'm like hey you like this band and you drink a lot why don't you have these tickets fair alright so see where you go with this I did support the band still I just didn't see the band well, you're not the only one who didn't see the band because a band on the actual bill, the Nickel Slots, also got COVID and did not go to the show. See? You see how it is? I like how you're protecting them because this is like the second time they got COVID and they had to cancel shows. What the shit? I can neither confirm Stop or Stop licking doorknobs, Nickel Slots. Jesus. Doorknobs is the name of the goat. <laughs> and call back <laughs> steve what, what about you what pisses you off well you know actually uh, live music got me too i got the covids yeah and uh so you know it was it was head cold for like 10 days chest cold uh, oh, took, took my tests and everything you know i didn't even think i had it i waited five days last boom bad show i was talking about how i was a little under the weather and I, but I just thought it was a cold, and then uh, my wife's like, you know what, you should just test just in case. And sure enough, it was positive. I so, uh, got through that and uh, have been fine ever since. But wh- at the end of COVID, I was starting to get, you know, I was hungry. And my wife's like, hey, is there anything you want? I'm like, you know what, for some reason, I'm in the mood for peanut butter and crackers. And she goes, okay, I'll, I'll get you some peanut So she goes into and gets some peanut butter for me. She gets some Jif. Now, you may not know the story about Jif, but there was a recall of like all the GIF because it had salmonella in it. 
And I found this out after I had eaten like half a jar of this stuff. Oh my God. And it's like, you know, honey, my, I, I asked my wife for one thing. Just go out and don't bring me home murder butter. <laughs> and oh. what do I get? I get salmonella jiff. So that kind of sucked. That pisses Jiffinella. me off. Yeah, that, that peanut butter can no longer be trusted. And, uh, you know, not only that. Okay, so that's, that's one thing that pisses me off. The second thing that pisses me off is... As you know, uh, I've been buying a little more vinyl lately. Uh, my wife had got me a record player for Christmas, and so uh, I've been picking up a few things. And uh, one COVID, thing, for example. Yeah, in addition to that, uh, yeah, a few records. And the thing that pisses me off, this is the fresh new bullshit that people are doing now, is that, say they've got an album, and it's a double album, and they've got three sides worth of material. Instead of finding B-sides and live cuts like a normal band would do back in the day, they scratch a piece of art, like a design, on an empty side of the disc and sell you that. Like, oh, inside four is fucking art. Isn't that cool? Like, that's a selling point. That pisses me the fuck off. What bullshit is that? <laughs> Why, you can't even fucking take it and put it on the wall because you're going to want to take it down, presumably, and play it again. So what is the point of doing that? It's only dicking the consumer yet again. Why not, and it's like, bad get enough a that fancy a vinyl case. album costs like 35 bucks, where a CD costs 17 nowadays. So it's literally twice the price for a little additional fidelity and three times the fucking footprint in your house. And then on top of it, they're going to give you art, which has no music on it. Oh, that pisses me off. But you get vinyl because of the art. No. It's not like well, you can notice the fidelity. The art on the cover. Yeah, you supposedly oh. you can. Fidelity yeah, supposedly to one got could. A nice record player. You can't. I will say that I think that listening to my record player sounds better than listening to an MP3 on my computer. I, I can safely say that. All right. Using the same headphones and everything? Uh, No, just uh, open air listening. Hmm. Okay. Through the same speakers, I, actually. I won't take issue with that, but Steve, I'm going to take issue with Jif. <laughs> you should. Because. Fuck, motherfuck Jif. You see, and I'm what? a Skippy guy. It, that's what I get. Skippy? Uh, you tell somebody, hey, you know what? Get what's on sale. Because right, I probably said that to my wife, you know? Ah, I don't have it. And look where it got me. Why? You're, a, you're also a foodie guy. I, I respect your opinions on food. Why are you eating Jif or Skippy? Oh, dude, don't what even go the with the fucking natural bullshit peanut no, butter. No, just all you need like for peanut butter is two things. a cup of oil on top of it, and no, you have you to mix it in. No, you take peanuts and Absolute salt. That's shit. peanut butter. Wait, you take peanuts, you've got to fucking... Wait, you have to actually shell all these peanuts? <laughs> Do you know how long it takes to make one cracker that no, way? No, that, that's it a little bit too crunchy. It takes a long fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> You know when you're a kid and you take a mouthful of peanuts and you just chew them up and you kind of press them through the gaps in your teeth with your tongue and you realize, oh, that's actually peanut butter? Yeah, I think that's the point where I went, wow, oh, yeah. why are we, why am I eating fluffy hydrogenated so rape oil? So I'm supposed oil? to find you and let you spit peanut butter on my <laughs> yes. cracker like a fucking mother bird whenever I want mm -hmm. something? Exactly. I will vomit peanuts you on your cracker. You just made the salmonella gif sound delightful in comparison. When you're old and toothless and you need someone to chew your peanut butter for you? Because we'll be in the same home. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's going to be horrible. No, I have put so much goddamn money into my teeth. I think they're freaking bionic at this point. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, did you hear that? I, the boop, boop. I just got a text. That's the other thing that pisses me off. All of a sudden, I am getting a gazillion texts a day. Stay rock hard all day with Cialis. <laughs> Wanamaker squirt rock hard three hour boner. With... What list did you get me on? <laughs> That's Never have I received really so many funny. boner texts. <laughs> God. That's weird. They all have the AARP logo on the bottom. <laughs> That's funny. A whole new recruiting program they've got oh, going on now. That's actually Maybe some savvy business age, sense yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Why don't we listen to a tune? Let's listen to a tune, Steve. We're going to play an absolutely crushing tune off of the new Demiricus Chaotic Lethal. And uh, this one, you know, it's interesting because in the interview he discussed how, you know, there are people who have often compared Demiricus to Slayer. And I always kind of thought that they didn't really sound like Slayer to me. They sounded like maybe a European band, like The Haunted or something like that more, if you were going to come up with a comparison. I mean, they sound like their own stuff, but whatever. But uh, this is one tune where you can listen to this and go, oh, okay, so they might be saying eat a bag of dicks to people who say they sound like Slayer because Slayer is retired now, and so they can do what they fucking want. If they wanted to out Slayer Slayer, they could absolutely do it. So this song is called Merciless Slut Cult. Enjoy. I hate people, man. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about nothing. All my life people fuck with me. I just fucking hate people. And I don't care. I just don't fucking care. I don't care. No! Yeah. 
Beach once again. That was Demiricus off the brand new release, Chaotic Lethal. And joining us now on the show, guitar player and one of the band founders, Scott Wilson. How you doing, man? Oh, super good, man. Super good. Thank you Very so well. much for joining us on the show. So I got to tell you, Demiricus, I discovered you guys right after Poverty came out. And Knuckle Eye was my jam. I would use that song to wake up my kids when they would not wake up on time for school. I would blast fucking Nuckalai in the house until I would get them on the road to school. So I have been a big fan of yours for quite some time. And I noticed that you guys were kind of off the scene for a little while. So I was super psyched to see this new album come out. Yeah, us too. Us too, man. It's been, it's been too long. So Gordon and I are big comic book fans here at the Bone Bat Show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Demiricus origin story? <laughs> Yeah, man, I, me and Nate, man, we were just like, we were skateboarders, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and still are, as a matter of fact. Uh, today is Go Skateboarding Day, as a matter of fact. Wait a minute, they uh, still let guitar players skateboard? I thought that that was like, too many broken wrists have happened and canceled shows. Uh, I, fortunately, we haven't had too much issues with that. Oh, but, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. But, dude, I, you know, uh, I, we're about 20 years past our prime at this point. But, like, back in our 20s, you know, I, or like I met him probably when I was, like, 18 or 19 or 20, something like that. Okay. And uh, I don't know, man. It was just, like, love at first sight, for lack of better words. It was just like, dude, there's this fucking, you know, two major metal fans that were just, like, off the rail. Like, dude, I was, like, when we skateboarded together, man, we were just... We would get super hyped up and just throw ourselves off the biggest shit possible and <laughs> shit for like hours every day of our lives, right? Nice. So like, and we would uh, on the way to whatever spot we were going to, you know, we would crank like Sepultura or Slayer or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I played guitar a little bit, sort of. You know, we, we moved in together. We were just kind of like dicking around, mostly skating. But we, uh, after a little bit, we decided to go. Uh, we both, for some reason, decided to go to the art school around here, like Heron School Art. Okay. And uh, that's where we met Chris Cruz, and he was in a band uh, already called uh, Castlevania at the time. Okay. Kind of funny. But we went to go see him, and then we uh, uh, like we became fast friends with him, and he was like super talented drummer, uh, guitar player. He's kind of a renaissance man. A multi-instrumentalist, if you will. Uh, he really, yeah, dude. And art and everything. Everything he does is fucking insane. So we just started talking that night after that show, and then that's kind of how Demiricus was born. And then uh, so we started practicing, and I was a piece of shit. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. And then, uh, and then you know, everything was pretty thin. We didn't really know what we were doing. And then uh, that's when we decided to uh, – Ben Parrish, the other guitar player, he was also a skateboarder that I knew and went to school with. And he was in a band called Upheaval uh, okay. back in the day. And they had just fallen apart, so he didn't have a project. So we asked him, and that's when things really got fucking serious as fuck. Okay. Uh, so that's when we started coming out with actually recording shit, two demos. And then after those demos were cut, then that's when we uh, popped over to Metal Blade. So in Hellbound and Poverty came out pretty much very quickly back to back, right? Uh, Yeah, it was like a year. Yeah. Year and a half so. in between them. Yeah, it was pretty rapid fucking fire. No, I don't <laughs> think we would have naturally done that uh, had there not been like a little bit of I don't know if I want to say pressure, but probably pressure from our manager at the time. Okay. Um, but I never really felt the pressure from Metal Blade necessarily. But uh, 
but yeah, that, that does seem like fucking pretty rapid fire. It's like, dude, hold on. Well, man. nowadays, yeah, when, when bands will take like five years between albums, it does, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's interesting because the, there's a growth there. Because I consider like Hellbound is just a face melter from soup to nuts. It rips your head off. And then with uh, Poverty, it's a little groovier. It's got a little more groove to it, I think. And I, I really dig that about it. So you almost get two flavors of Demiricus there. Yeah, there's. I think when you're that young, you know, you're you're really wearing your influences on your sleeve. Not that we were embarrassed of it or anything, but it's just like. It's natural to kind of grow. It's like, all right, fuck, man, who are we really? You know what I mean? So, like, you, you know, everybody was like, uh, you know, you sound like Slayer or whatever. We're like, yeah, I mean, of course we do. What the fuck? That's how, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I saw another interview with you where you mentioned that, and I was sort of thinking back. I'm like, huh? When I when I think of you guys, the the precision of your chops is such that I always sort of thought more of like European bands, like The Haunted or At the Gates or Carcass, than I immediately thought of Slayer. So that's kind of interesting that some people thought Slayer immediately at first. Yeah, I mean, we we were listening to all that shit. I, you know, uh, back then, I mean, we were listening to. I don't know. We were listening to like a lot of like Demu and like Cradle, and then but then at the same time, we, uh, like you mentioned, uh, the Haunted. But yeah. I remember, I remember really liking uh, like Witchery's first few albums. Oh yes, they're so good. Those first two, uh, Restless um, and Dead, and then Dead Hot Ready. Dead right? Hot and Ready, yeah. And that that Witch Burner EP that's in between the two is also yeah, it's, yeah, it's killer too. But the riffs on those things, dude, are like the catchiest fucking yeah. things ever. Well, that's the uh, same guitar player writer, right? Jensen is in The Haunted as well. Yeah, yeah, the Riff Master General. Fuck yeah, he's good, yeah. yeah. So anyways, I don't know, we're, uh, yeah, I don't know, we're, we're kind of all over the map, but, uh, you know, I had always, like, like, when I first bought a guitar, it wasn't it wasn't that long before the band started, after I started actually playing, and I, you know, I was buying, like, Slayer, Megadeth, Metallica, Tablature, and just kind of mm-hmm. teaching myself, so, I mean, it's just, it's in my veins, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you know, you come out of your first album or whatever and you're, uh, what you're, you know, you're touring and shit. It's just like, I think it's pretty natural to kind of like gradually come into your own and maybe not wear, you know, your influences on, on your sleeve as much. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Uh, and I know that like everybody talks about Nate's vocals from one to two. Even when we were recording one, he was kind of pissed. He was like, ah, fuck it. I, you know, I don't want to sound like this or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play this fucking character or whatever, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so poverty, we started recording that, and he was just like, "I'm not fucking doing that this time. Like, I'm being my goddamn self, dude." You know. And same thing on uh, Chaotic Lethal, you know. So you you guys are totally killing it, two albums in a row, and then you disappear off my radar for like 15 years. Where did you go, Scott? <laughs> uh, I like to. Long story, probably probably longer than it should be. I, I hate to place blame uh, anywhere because we were definitely to blame. We were kind of naive, and uh, I think we let our manager at the time take the reins more than uh, we should have. Uh, but he was very good at getting us signed, mm-hmm. helping us get signed. He was very good at that. Okay. Uh, after that, his only real experience was with... Uh, Bands like Haste the Day and Still Remains, just these Christian hardcore things that weren't our scene, right? So, and he had this way of talking us into shit. So we were like, 
We were going on all these fucking tours that didn't make a bit of fucking sense. You know, playing to audiences that weren't there to see us or our type of music. Buying merch from, like, uh, this place called Band Merch, which is, like, the same place that, like, Snoop Dogg and fucking, you know. Oh, shit. We, we should have been, like, way more DIY, right? Okay, so we're yeah. we're throwing money at companies that, that it doesn't make sense to throw at. We're going on tours that aren't making us any money. Uh, for like two years straight, really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was super fucking frustrating, you know, uh, to just come home with nothing. You know what I mean? Like we would come home to our yeah, all that hard work and yeah, sure. Girlfriend. Yeah, plus, and plus, yeah. I don't know. Fucking gas back then too was like four fifty five bucks, like it is now. And we're driving around in this fifteen passenger van with a sixteen foot trailer or whatever, and it's just like anything. You know, our guarantees are a hundred bucks. It's just like, dude. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're playing to audiences that don't really want to see what we have to do. You know. So you you weren't able to get like on Metal Blade bills then? Like, uh, did, did I mean, they not do those kind of packages where you have like three bands from the same label back in those days? Or? It was kind of, well, maybe, but uh, I mean, I don't. This was a while ago. I don't really remember, but I do know that we went on a lot of tours that didn't make a bit of fucking sense. Sure, sure. For whatever reason, and uh, so, anyways, it just kind of came to a head. And we were we we were on tour with Dying Fetus. Uh, we were in New York, and uh, at the, by, at this point, Ben had a kid. Either I think a kid on the way, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were told that we were going to make a certain amount of money on this tour. So it was like, all right, this makes sense. We'll, we'll do it. Dying Fetus, like, sure. I'm complaining about tours, but that one was not one of them. That was going to be a really fucking good one, right? Yeah. And uh, we play one or two shows on that tour, and then we pull up to the fucking gas station, and I go to get gas on our band card that I know had at least uh, a couple thousand dollars on it when, before we left. And it's empty it's drained there's no money oh shit i can't i can't fill up the fucking tank you know what i mean and it's like what the fuck is happening i know there was money in there you know so i called called our manager and he like he paid this debt that we shouldn't even have had with a merch company we should never have gone with there's plenty of fucking there's at least two or three fucking merch or like t-shirt places that we could have gone with in town that we're all friends with and shit i don't know it's just like a bunch of fucking bad decisions you know Sure. Wow. And it kind of came to a head, and we're like, "Fuck this, man!" And so we had to, like, we didn't really have much of a choice. We had to drop off that tour, uh, which sucked. Um, oh, I can imagine. Jeez. Yeah. And then we got home, and uh, we tried spinning our wheels for a little bit. I, I fired the manager on the way back home. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine you did. Yeah, over the phone, and then, uh, <laughs> and then it just kind of fell off from there it was like you know metal blade i think was done with us they had i think they thought like maybe they had sank enough money into us and it wasn't panning out which who can blame them i always felt that like uh that they treated us really well i, I don't have a bad thing to say about metal blade at all i thought they were kind of awesome well you know you can't you don't want to stick with a sinking ship you know what i'm saying so um i think i, I don't know man i just i i dropped out and then uh they kept going sort of and they came out with this little four song demo afterwards and then it was just done right okay then it was done for I don't know like 12 years and so then what, uh, what rekindled the fire well I'll tell you what it's actually pretty specific so we've always been really good friends over the years like I, I, these are my best friends I mean they always have been still mm-hmm. but not but you know that that site Metal Sucks sure yeah 
dot com, right? Well, or whatever they they had a uh, maybe three years ago now they had a uh, they just came out with a fucking article, right? Like twelve years later that mentioned us. It was just it was like one of those articles that's like if you like this band, you might like this band, right? Okay. And then we were it was like the first one. It was like if you like Slayer, of course, you might like <laughs> Demir. So it was a positive piece. It was like that was great. Yeah, of, yeah. yeah, you're saying, hey, yeah. these guys are awesome. You should check them out. Yeah, they've always liked us over there. So um, that came out, and like Dustin, so Dustin was the drummer on our second album on Poverty. Oh. And then uh, during that break, he he was the drummer for Skeleton Witch for like eight years. Fuck yeah, Skeleton Witch is a great band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended up quitting, right? And then uh, then that article came out, and he. He's pretty motivated, man. He gets he gets like antsy. He like he wants to do <laughs> shit. So like uh, he just started texting us all, and he's like, "Hey, what, what the fuck do you guys think, man? People are still talking about us, you know? Like, oh, what are you doing? You know what I mean?" And all of us, I think, we're just kind of like, "Well, we're not doing shit, you know? I, why not? Let's just like, fuck it." So we played like a reunion show in town that went like fucking ape shit, and that kind of re- rekindled the fire. And then so we just went straight into the basement after that one and just started writing a new one. So that that reunion show you did is that fuck it we'll do it live that I saw in your band camp. Mm, I, uh, that's one of I, maybe I think so. Right on. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it was yeah it was right before COVID, so it was like two years ago, two and a half years ago now. Yeah, I literally just saw that release today when I was getting ready for the interview because I had the new album already. I was like, well, fuck, how did I miss that? So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be dipping into that shortly. That looks awesome. All right. Yeah, our promotions might be a little bit weak. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. I'll help you out, man. Yeah, Don't yeah, yeah. Don't spread the word. So, so then you jumped right into writing for Chaotic Lethal, huh? Yeah, we were like, uh, fuck it. We, all of our, yeah, all of the fucking fires were lit under our ass again we were just like let's we already wasted enough time let's fucking let's fucking did you fi- feel like you guys had a lot of ideas sort of pent up over that time was the writing pretty easy or was it a challenge uh i i don't know if it felt easy at the time but like looking back it seems like it was because i like it, it was like no time had passed man it was really kind of awesome it was That's just cool. like, we just went back to work like nothing had happened you Fuck know yeah I mean? right and uh, nobody's taste really like I mean, we didn't change a formula too much, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm pretty proud of it. I'm, I'm more proud of this one than I am the other two. Yeah, sure. no, it's it's great. Uh, once I saw it came out, I picked it up, and it's been in my car on heavy rotation for the last two months. So, fantastic work. I, I just I love the fact, like, I don't think Nate sounds like a lot of other guys. I think he's got his own thing. And yeah. the way Dustin locks in, when you guys have, like, a fast chug going – and he does, yeah. like, a blast beat in sync with the chug. Nobody does that, and it's so fucking heavy. <laughs> oh, it's good. He's, he's a fucking maniac, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm super happy with the new album, man. I think you did a wonderful job. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next? Do you guys have some touring plans coming up, or what are you going to be doing? Uh, we, we're kind of all in agreement that we will uh, we'll just do things that make sense. So, like... You know, I have a kid, you know, and a wife, and I uh, fucking regular ass job. It's boring, but um, <laughs> sure, we all do. Nate, Nate owns his own uh, leather company. Like he he owns his own shop where okay. he like makes like wallets and bags and all kinds of shit. It's pretty fucking dope, actually. But you know, it's not like he can leave for like months at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Ben has two kids and shit. So yeah, we're gonna do things that make that make sense. We'll probably do a lot of like uh, longer weekends and shit, mm-hmm. and uh, try to you know if the if it makes sense to do it, we'll do it. So I see you're on like a Saturday bill with Midnight soon. That looked fucking cool. Oh, we uh, we played with them in Ohio. Oh, all right, you already that already happened. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and there's uh, there's another one coming up though too. I think uh, I gotta I gotta get my dates straight because there's a lot of them. Uh, Dustin's the one who kind of does our booking, so I just, I'm just like, uh, just tell me where to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're a cool ass band too. So yeah, that was I was like, oh, I'd love to see that show. That'd be fun. Yeah, there's a there's a big show with uh, X Order coming up. No, there's Heavy Hell. That might be the one you're talking about. I, Heavy Hell has a lot of uh, big names on there. There's another band called Obscene that's from here. Okay, dude, if you haven't heard that, you should check that shit out. The label is is escaping me, but. Uh, it's called From Dead Horizons to Dead Horizon. It just came out. They're they're uh, they're buddies of ours too. I think we're gonna do like some long weekends with them uh, in the future here. I'll check them out. Cool suggestion, man. Yeah, 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 dude. Obscene is fucking awesome, dude. They have two quality albums. You're not gonna be mad. I promise. Fantastic. All right. Well, yeah. Next time you guys get out to uh, Seattle, I'm gonna be there. I, I I have not seen you guys live yet, so I'm looking forward to that. And if I uh, make it out to Indianapolis at some point, I'd love to have a drink with you at the Inferno Room. You guys have a metal-themed tiki bar in your fucking town? That's fantastic. <laughs> I uh, I haven't been there. You haven't been there? Uh, is it metal-themed? i never heard that. That's what I understand, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's a <laughs> black, black Circle is right down the street from us. They brew their own beer, and it's like metal show after fucking metal show. That's where Dustin works. He books all the shit over there. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. Yeah, uh, so that that's one I go to a lot. Right on. All right, yeah. Scott. Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. What pisses you off, man? My cats piss me off a lot. They piss me off today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they piss me off a lot. They're fucking... Uh, they don't give back. You know what I mean? <laughs> I give and I give and I give and they don't give a fuck. Cats are fucking uh, ingrates. It's true. No, they're little pieces of shit. Anyways, um, and then my wife is gonna fucking kill me. But uh, and then I, I here, here's, here's another thing that pisses me off. This is not, this is real stupid. But you told me you were gonna ask me this question, and I was like, what pisses me off? It's when couples talk to each other in baby talk. <laughs> I fucking, it's like a pet peeve of mine. That I just, I have to leave. I have to like, just get out of the fucking situation. <laughs> no, it's like if you got to do that, do that at home, please. I'm Don't even do it. Just get the fuck. <laughs> you're gonna break up. Like I'm ninety nine percent sure that you're gonna. I put money on whoever does that is breaking up sometime soon. <laughs> Don't talk to adults like that. <laughs> or do do your thing, do whatever you want. But right on, man. So Scott, where can our listeners find your stuff? No shit. It's on all the uh, it's on all the streaming shit, and then uh, our uh, our little uh, labels called uh, Post Recordings. Um, but you can find all that fucking info on our Facebook, Instagram, all that shit. Uh, you know, what I mean, as as usual, per usual. Um, Fantastic. I didn't ask. Where did the name Demiricus come from? Uh, we fucking made it up. <laughs> well, I get that. We're the Bone Bat Show. I don't know how many times we've been. What the fuck is a Bone Bat? So I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a unique name. From? Nobody else is called Demiricus. Yeah, yeah, we didn't want to call. We didn't want to be called. Uh, I don't know, whatever it is, verb, noun, whatever the three 
word thing that people do, you know, uh, <laughs> die twice trying or whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. There's way too many syllables in band names these days. If we're getting into yeah. what pisses us off, that's kind of nuts. If you can't yeah. fit on the poster, you're, you have too many words in your fucking name. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll hold my tongue. <laughs> right All right, man. Well, uh, what's this next tune? Let our listeners know what we're going to be listening to. Oh, this is Smoke Chaser. I uh, I don't want to put words in uh, in Nate's uh, mouth too much, um, but I I believe it's kind of uh, it's just about like technology mixing with the human race and uh, communication breakdown type shit. But uh, we actually we're we're about to release a video for it here very shortly, so uh, look out for that too. But yeah, Smoke Chaser. It's uh, it's one of my favorites on the album for sure. Right on. Check it out, folks. Thank you, man.
All right, once again, that was Smoke Chaser from Demira Kiss off the brand new release, Three Chaotic Lethal, from the fine folks at Port Recordings. You can find that at demiricus.bandcamp.com or through the link on the Bonebat homepage. Be like Stephen Gort and support independent music. Gort! But actually go to the show! <laughs> Be like Stephen Gort and lie to your musical guests. <laughs> That's just Gord. So, Gord, you got any weird stuff this week? I saw a story that that was... I had to make sure it wasn't a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> okay. Here it is. First of all, you have to understand that there's an actual place named Davy, which I'm assuming is in Florida. <clears throat> Davy! It was a pet rescue that went wrong. Davy police say 40-year-old Dimitri Lexu drowned while trying to save his parrot. What? The parrot had flown into a retention pond behind his apartment complex. It was horrible, said his neighbor. I was in tears as he watched Davy rescuers try to unsuccessfully save Alexu. Jared McCall says that sometimes he'd see Alexu walking his two dogs near the pond. It's unfortunate, a tragedy that hits so close to home right in front of you. Davy police say that no foul play, they said that, foul play, is suspected, but it's unclear how the parrot, which did survive, ended up in the pond with him trying to save it. His friend said Alexu worked as an electrical lineman for the Mastac company, and he said he worked a long shift before the incident and may have been dehydrated. He's in a pond, and he's dehydrated. The tragedy underscores the danger and the waiting of retention ponds, which are common behind apartment complexes and gated communities. The bottoms are muck. You will sink, said Jay Sanford, a senior program coordinator for Swim Central, the drowning prevention program. You don't know how deep they are, what's at the bottom. It's just dark water. If you find yourself with a pet or a child or a parrot in the pond, call 911. Otherwise, you may find yourself in trouble quicker than you think. They did foul. They did quick, quicker. They did all of the dumb puns. And this guy died. So how did the parrot survive, I'm wondering? Was it just like... Probably fucking flew off. The parrot's like standing on the guy's head as he sinks and then it (laughs) flies away after... Uh, It walked around the edge of the pond or it... it, Can parrots swim? I mean, if it hit the water, could it float? I don't know a thing about parrots and their swimming ability and clearly neither did he. No. This is all very mysterious. I mean, I know... Parrots occasionally will be near fjords, which they pine for. Huh. Florida man. Weird. That's... Florida. How it? It's never too weird for Florida. <laughs> that is weird. Wow. That's my weird stuff. That's uh, almost too weird. I don't know. I don't have anything funny to say about. That. I don't. E- I mean, the more I read it's it, the more I just sad. went. Yeah, it's gourd sad stuff. Uh, I guess it is. Jeez. I mean, I'm sorry we're making light of this, but dude, what the hell? All right, well, why don't we listen to a tune? <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> this is a, a tune I mentioned previously in the interview, uh, one of my favorite cuts from Demiricus off of their 2007 release, Poverty. This is Knuckle Eye. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Scott Wilson from Demiricus, and you are listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Knuckle Eye from Demiricus off uh, 2007's Poverty, and uh, just for fun, on top of that, I threw in Repentagram from 2006's Hellbound. You're welcome. Gord, uh, how about a little multimedia triage? How about that triage? You know what I did for Father's Day? What did you do for Father's Day? Gordon? I just lounged around, ate a bunch of sweet stuff, and watched short films. Just cause. And let me tell you, there's this director, Robert Morgan, who has been directing for quite a while. He did this film, Invocation, and a whole slew of others that combine stop-motion animation and live animation they're freaking brilliant. They're weird and dark and sometimes just nightmare fuel. You should absolutely check out the work of Robert Morgan. I think you can find his stuff like on YouTube or whatever. Real easy to find. Oh my God. We got to reach out, make sure if, find out if this guy's got something new coming out and talk to him about subbing it next time we do a film festival. The other thing is there's a, a short film directed by. Oscar, I think it's Leheme, L-E-H-E-M-A-A. The name of the film is Bad Hair. Now, I've been wanting to watch this film ever since it came out. I've not been able to see it. I finally watched it. It is about what happens if you apply a hair growth tonic to your scalp and things go as wrong as possible. (laughs) Frickin' brilliant. You should also watch that. Is this like stop motion or what do they do? There's uh, some stop motion. It's mostly live action. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's freaking amazing. So that, and I watched a bunch of other shorts that I will not talk about here. Okay. And then, Steve. Yes, Gord. Did we ever talk about The Outfit? Completely shift gears. The film The Outfit. Talked about The Outfit. I have not seen The Outfit. Ooh. I feel like you'd I've like, heard tell about it. Maybe you'd probably like it. it in a walk. That's that's why I'm wondering. Directed by uh, Mr. Graham Moore, and it's a very tight little crime tale about a tailor for the mafia. And it starts out just talking about how to make a suit, like a suit of clothing. And I won't tell you a lot about it because as the story goes on, more and more is revealed. But it it reminded me of a play, like almost the entire thing takes place in this one room with a very small cast of characters. And it's really a wonderful film, The Outfit. You can watch it streaming now. It's no longer in the theaters that you have to go to physically. So you can do it in your home, safe, enjoying your COVID-free existence. Can you tell our listeners where they can find it for a minimum of jerking around? Amazon, Amazon, where can you find freaking everything? video. Yeah. I think it's streaming on a variety of platforms, I'll though. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah, so those are the, the smaller, weirder things I've been watching. And then, and then you and I were both probably watching the same mainstream yeah, stuff. Yeah, I went to a couple of summer blockbusters, went and saw a Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I did, too. And uh, Big Dumb Fun. Big Dumb Fun. It's, it's kind of stupid. Pants on head, stupid. (laughs) 
Like, what the fuck does the word grounded mean? Usually, I would think if you're grounded, you can't just get into a plane willy-nilly and run missions on your own. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, or maybe I have an overblown idea of what the military is all about, but I don't think that's possible. Well, he didn't do it willy-nilly. He did it higgledy-piggledy. <laughs> oh, that's... There's a pretty big difference. It's a fine line between willy-nilly and higgledy-piggledy. When you're stealing a jet, yeah. Oh, spoiler! Uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, also, these jets are flying around at, like, I don't know, hundreds of miles an hour. People popping out of the jets at different times. And yet, remarkably, they parachute and land, like, with 100 meters of each other. That's freaking amazing how that I, I liked out. how they cribbed the story almost completely from the first Top Gun movie and Star Wars. Like, yeah. And all you needed was those two movies... You know, you got to go down a trench and you got to stay below the turrets or you'll get <laughs> shot. And then you got a bullseye a target about two meters by two meters. Yeah, seriously. It was like a robot chicken episode, a mashup of Star Wars and Top Gun. The only thing that was missing was stay on target. Yeah, stay the, on target. The, yeah, it and was, yet it was still oddly fun. So definitely was. go see it. I mean, it, you'll have a good time. Yeah, but, it's money well spent. But You're God just not going to get any smarter. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to increase your IQ any. Yeah. Jurassic World Dominion. Did you see that? I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, if you like, should I? If you like dinosaurs, okay. dinosaurs eating people and dinosaurs yeah. eating each other, it's okay. fun. It's got a bunch of dinosaur mayhem in it. There's, for some reason, in the middle of the film, like a third of the way into the film, a Jason Bourne movie breaks out. And so they're like racing through the streets of Malta on motorcycles, running away Malta from the Malta gave him a grant. I don't know what do the fuck that was about. And the movie was literally that much too long. So if you had taken that scene <laughs> out, it would have been a much tighter film. But, you know, I, I guess it's popcorn movie time and uh, uh, excess is a premium. So. There you go. I, I had fun with it again. I don't think I'll see it again. I won't buy it on DVD, but seeing dinosaurs go nuts on the big screen is always kind of fun for me, so there you go. Okay. Yeah, maybe I will see it. What the heck? I got that, men. you know. We haven't talked yeah. about men. Ugh. Men. Men. I wanted to like this movie so much. So I love the, that uh, actress. New film by Alex Garland, who you may know from 28 Weeks Later, Sunshine. A lot of cool fucking movies. A lot of cool movies, yeah. Uh, Annihilation for something mm -hmm. strange and H.P. Lovecraft tinged. Very much like that movie. And uh, it's a movie about a woman whose husband commits suicide. And uh, she goes away to the country to get away from it all. And she's bedeviled by basically every flavor of dude that you could possibly imagine, all acted by the same guy. Yeah. And the moral of the story is all men are the same, and they're all assholes, and fuck men. Categorically. You got so, a Y chromosome, you're terrible. So you hated it, huh? You, you came out, you no, seemed kind of I, angry when you came out of that. I film. did. I was angry because I, I liked it until I started really... And the longer it went on, the more pissed off I got. And it it just seemed like it was very, very heavy-handed over the top with this message. I, I wouldn't have minded a message that, like, this particular guy is bad. Lots of guys are bad. But it just seemed like all men are interchangeable. All men are bad. Anytime that you 
have a message about any group like that and you you include all of them, it just kind of pisses me off. I happen to be a member of that group this time, but it just that's the kind of thing that really grinds my gears. Yeah, like I said though, it didn't piss me off in the same way that Aesop's fables don't piss me off. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's 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 black and white for a reason. It's a morality tale. So, you know, it isn't like oh god, the grasshopper's fucking lazy, but he's not like Bob. Bob the neighbor who's actually a good working. He's one of the good grasshoppers. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the lazy grasshopper. I mean, there's no time in a morality tale to spin that kind of vagary, I think. So I get why they did what they did. And the end of it is just a fucking really weird freak show that gets nutty fast. (laughs) It keeps getting nutty. And then the nuts give birth to other nuttiness. Yeah, if, if you liked the end of the Suspiria remake, then I think you would like men. You should go see men. And the thing is, the acting is that kind of thing where shit goes off the fucking rails in the last ten minutes. Oh, and it's beautifully shot. I mean, the cinematography is gorgeous. Even when it's showing like a close up of a dead deer's eye, it's still kind of hideously gorgeous. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I need to see it again. I get it. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, um, whatever. The other thing I've been watching, I just watched, is finished. Uh, Alec Garland's former partner, Danny Boyle, has done a six-episode bio-series on the Sex Pistols. It's on Hulu right now called Pistol. Huh. And uh, good acting. It's a little bit cartoonish. And, of course, it has all the sad tropes that end with that story because that's where all those tropes came from. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the story is... Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't end happy. As a matter of fact, like, after four episodes, Julie's like, I want to stop watching this now while it's still happy. (laughs) Like, hey, they just wrote God Save the Queen. And that's one of those uh, really cool scenes that music bio movies do well. It's like when they're writing a song and it starts to click and they're playing it for the first time. That kind of shit is really fun. And it has a couple of those scenes in it. So that's definitely worth it. But, uh, yeah, it ends a little bleak. I understand why why Julie wanted to walk away after four episodes and just, I, I, I know how this ends. I don't need to revel in it. But uh, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. It's a little cartoonish, and I think it takes some liberties with uh, some of the facts on things. Uh, Chrissy Hind plays a very large role in it that I'm not sure that that's completely factual based on some stuff I've read afterwards. But uh, evidently she was friends with Steve Jones, and they were pretty tight when the Sex Pistols were forming. So there's some interesting stuff going on there. And of course, uh, how Malcolm McLaren sort of, you know, did the Svengali thing, bringing them up as this, like, punk rock supergroup sort of was kind of interesting. But, uh, I thought it was good. If you like uh, biopics, you might want to check it out. Right on. Oh, eh, I don't know. Maybe. You know, Are you a Sex Pistols it, guy or not a Sex Pistols guy? Yeah, you know, kind of like the Beatles, I can appreciate what they've done a lot more than I enjoy the music itself. There's some songs like Submission that I really, really like, just like there's some songs like Maxwell Silver Hammer that I really, really like. But mm-hmm. I, on the on the whole, meh. <laughs> well, the, the big difference there is that the Beatles have like 15 albums and the Sex Pistols had one. 
<laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. They actually have one good album. Never Mind the Bullocks is pretty great. And uh, you, you don't need to buy any more. That yeah, one that's true. vinyl I bought in high school, I still have of that album. I'll never need to buy it again. Yoko Ono never showed up and, you know, fucked up the next several albums. It's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it completely shift gears from uh, drug overdoses and other grown-up stuff. I watched the first couple episodes of Miss Marvel, and it's adorable. It's very sweet. It's very slice of life. I love all the extra animation that's going on around in the background and, and over the characters and it's whatnot. Animated? No, it's a uh, it's live action, but there's there's a lot of animation that goes on in addition to the live action. You know, augmenting it like she's thinking something, and so there's like you know thought balloon pops over her oh, head or something, okay. or there's things happening on the walls behind that are you know art. So it's it's fun. So it's like a, a comic book show if you took acid. It's like a comic book show if you took acid. Stuff yeah, starts melting. Word things are melt. Talking. Yeah, you taste colors like you do. Except this is very, very innocent, G-rated, family-friendly. So far, it, it's nice. It have, amuses me. Haven't seen it yet. I was so kind of low-key annoyed with fucking Moon Knight. Yeah, I gave up on that crap. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good on Marvel for a while. And that takes a lot for me to say that. Because I've, I've pretty much seen all the shit, so. Yeah. No, I ask, uh, I ask my son, I'm like, you know, I've watched the first couple episodes. I'm very, very meh. Should I keep watching it? Because he'd watch the whole thing. He's like, oh, well, did you see this part? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, you're not going to want to watch the rest of it. I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank you for saving me all that time. So, yeah, that's our multimedia triage, ladies and gentlemen. Why don't we listen to one more tune, then? And, uh, get I think that's here. a great idea. All right, uh, let's listen to one more from uh, 2006's Hellbound on Metal Blade Records from Demiricus. This is To Serve is to Destroy. Fully empty room Dying roof is 
right, once again, that was To Service, To Destroy from Demiricus from Hellbound, 2006, Metal Blade Records. Hope you enjoyed it again. You can find their stuff at demiricus.bandcamp.com. Thank you very much to Scott from Demiricus for joining us on the show. Very much appreciate it. Uh, our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email, steve at bonehand.com. Uh, bonehand.com is also the home of the newly reactive Heavy Radioactive Hour. It's back, people. Nice. Yeah. The finest half hour of metal on the entire get internet. Get your metal on. Check it. And you can find my stuff at MightyWombat.com. New cartoon every week. I'm also over there on Instagram, even though it keeps not working on my phone, and on Facebook. All right, thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Uh, one final tune from Demiricus. I'm going to go back once more to 2007's poverty for something a little different i really like the groove of this song i mentioned that that album is a little groovier than its predecessor and uh this song is a good example of that it's called blackish silver i hope you dig it once again this is steve this is doorknob the goat (laughs) have a good one i do have a good one (laughs) (laughs) nay
stay rock hard all day with Cialis. <laughs> Wanna make her squirt? Rock hard three hour boner with 